You've heard her name mentioned week in and week out, and finally she's joining us. My guest today is the lovely matron of macabre herself, Dixie Gers, and this is Slasher Sports Cinema. I'm here to kill you. I am Dracula. Say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? Not for shedding. Six year old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. Dixie on my mind. Welcome. Hello. Hello. To the hello, show. hello. Thank you for finally coming on to this ridiculous weekly program that you've been booking for <laughs> for the last two months. It is a pleasure. Thanks for having well, me. The you are most welcome anytime. And yeah, when I say that, I'm, I'm not being facetious. Uh, you've You've basically booked the last two months of this show. Um, I dropped my calendar link out amongst our, our circle of friends, and um, you just start throwing people in and say, hey, go on the show. And lo and behold, they find themselves in my calendar, and I'm reaching out to these people that I've never met. And, uh, man, the, the, the last probably eight guests, eight to ten guests that have been on this show have been because you've, uh, you know, your, your word of mouth. So I have to. I have to thank you very much for that. You are welcome. And it's just all about supporting indie film. We're all in this together. So it is, and most more specifically, indie horror. If you're, you know, want to stick with the motif of slasher sports cinema. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to the crew at Kings Grove Hotel Pub and Gaming Center in Sydney, Australia, for being great supporters of this show, Dixie. I don't know if you have children, but I have two grown ass men and uh, my, 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 my oldest son is he's 20 now and my younger is 19. We were, uh, you know, we're, we're some gamers, you know, and um, sometimes sports, sometimes not sports, but we were playing a PGA, um, you know, the, the golf one, 2K whatever it's called, PGA Tour, I think, 2K. And, it, you know, it's a golf game. I don't play golf. My kids don't play golf, but on, on the game, it's, it's fun, you know. Well, the um, I guess to give backstory to the, to the non-sports fans, namely golf fans, um, whenever you shoot over par, Okay, you get four shots to make um, to make the cup in, in on a hole, right? Let, let's say that you make the shot in three. That means you have scored birdie. Okay, you you might have heard that term, birdie. It means one under par. You score one over par. That's bogey. 
doesn't sound good, right? You don't you want you don't want to be in bogey. Well, um, we're in bogey, and my son he's shooting, and the announcer says, "And this shot is for bogey." And my son says, "This one's for you, bogey." And he shoots, and he does this a few times, Dixie. <laughs> and it doesn't really register in my head what's going on until like the third or fourth time. So this one's for you, Bogey. And I, I came to the realization that my son thought that Bogey was like some dead golfer that they were paying <laughs> <laughs> that they were paying tribute to on like ra- <laughs> hole six on some random ass golf course. I hope that yours may be smarter than mine. Um, don't have any kids, four nieces and nephews that help raise. Um, probably still smarter. Probably still uh, smarter than mine. Depends on which one you're talking about. <laughs> the <laughs> girls at least will be. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll dig that. No, I'm, I kid. My, my, my kids are really smart. Um, they're they're going to do a whole lot better than, than I have in life. And that's, that's what we all aim for. But um, what they won't do is sit down with me and watch a film like Dial M for Murder, which I watched just before we came on. And the reason I bring that up is because, it, you know, it, on, on this day in horror movie history, it celebrates an anniversary. Um, you know, Dial M for Murder was one of those uh, Hitchcock films that um, it was really dependent on dialogue. Very dialogue driven, as most Hitchcock films are. Um, had Ray, uh, Ray Millen, Grace Kelly, Grace Kelly. Um, but this is like one of the very first dialogue driven films that I could ever remember sitting through as a kid. Like even before I even knew who Alfred Hitchcock was, I, I just knew that guy with the, the funny shadow on the wall was, was a guy that introduced the shows. But, um, do you ever go like back in time to like another generation of film like that? Um, not too often. So like for me, when it comes to films, like it takes a lot for me to actually sit down and watch a movie because like my mind is just going like 24 seven, like creative wise. Like I always want to be working on something, whether it's like crafting. Um, I'm a big crafter, various things <laughs> or I believe that. Know, film stuff or otherwise trying to like sleep and nap. So <laughs> Well, you know, it it's funny you say that because it, it wasn't that long ago that I was watching an old musical documentary and it was one of those one of those 90s uh female trios and I can't remember which it was. It might have been Salt and Pepper, it might have been in Vogue. It might have been it, it was one of the two. And they almost spelled out what you just said in that when they watch um, or when they listen to music, they don't really listen to enjoy anymore. They almost say, I have to figure out what did they use as their hook? What are they doing as a flow? Who's doing the beats? Like they want to dissect this whole thing. And, and you're saying that's what you do as well. Yeah. Sometimes um, it can definitely make it hard when watching a film because you're, you notice things more. Um, whether it's from acting or actually directing and doing things like that. So literally like I, it's really hard and I try not to do it so much that way I just focus on the film and enjoy it. Um, so typically I try, if I watch a movie, I try and watch it with someone else and not by myself. So like definitely by myself, I'm going to like think about that, figuring stuff out, or I'm just be 
I'll end up spacing out and thinking about like what I want to do in my head, whether it's for a character for an upcoming movie or, you know, or, Hey, I want to make this thing. Um, not too long ago, I got to make do like stained glass. So like I was starting to do stained glass pieces. Um, so literally that's just what my mind does 24 seven. Shout out to uh, Kyle P who just showed up now, Kyle P uh, this is a, uh, he, he's probably on the run. From, from somebody, but we know him as Demetrius Putra, the uh, director and writer of the film Grim Findings of Claudius, I believe was the name of that film. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fun flick. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I was given the, the honor of screening that one. And man, if, uh, if Demetrius Putra isn't uh, just a great dude all around to support, then just just burn this thing to the ground because I've done nobody any justice. I got all kinds of time for 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 Kyle. And uh, thank you for the support, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, you are a man among men, a man among men. Um, you know, that's kind of how I make my decisions, though, Dixie. Uh, a lot of people like to flip through Netflix and they'll spend hours doing it. They'll they'll watch. They'll watch themselves scroll through Netflix or Tubi or Hulu for the same amount of time that a film is going to run. So an hour and a half long film turns into a three hour film watching session. Right. Mm -hmm. I make my decision by the on this day method. All right. What what film released on this day in in movie history in, in horror movie history more specifically and dial in for murder was that one today. So I had to jump in and and just remember the things that, you know, I'd, I'd forgotten about the film. And and it was very dialogue driven, but there's some very heightened levels of suspense. And Grace Kelly, I mean, there's a reason that she's a legend. Uh, Ray Milland can't be can't be outdone. His guy was just a great writer, man, and uh, even better director. And I, I think I, I don't like to give accolades like there's a a modern day Hitchcock, but man, I've, I've got all kinds of time for, uh, you know, M night Shyamalan. I, I know a lot of people do not like him, but gosh, he, he, to me, he hits me with that same level of suspense because nothing happens in the film. <laughs> Very little happens, but I just can't look away because I don't know what's about to happen next, you know, and the, the revelations that come out and, Oh, Hey, look here. See Steve Morris knows what, I do the same with films. It's a bummer at times, but I always try to look for something good. See, that that's the uh, isn't that there's there's a term for that. It's like the the artist curse or something like that. That you you start looking at an art that you perform yourself, and you just have to dissect it and figure out what they're doing instead of you know just removing yourself from the work part of it and and watching for what it is. That, that's why I don't make films, Dixie. <laughs> But you want to though. Oh gosh! See, that's that, that's between that's between you, me, and the uh, the, the the magpies on the power lines. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. That I, I would love to. Would love to. I, but I mean, I, I would have to start out with short film, just uh, locally, um, see what we've got. You know, see if see if mm -hmm. what I want to do has any legs to it. You know, but this, this is about me though. This this is about you. All right, we we we've got a lot to talk about on. Uh, Days of the Dead Indie. I don't think I'm going to be at Days of the Dead Indie. Um, indie is uh, a little far from me. Um, what about you? 
I will not be there currently this year. There's no plans to. Um, the only two cons that I kind of have lined up for myself, um, FrankenCon or Bride of FrankenCon, um, which is in like just a couple weeks, and then ScareFest. Um, obviously, I would love to go to more. Um, actually, that's how I kind of got into all this was because of horror conventions. Um, I was a like a jewelry vendor at the conventions. I would sell like my crafts and stuff like that, like horror stuff jewelry accessories all that stuff that I would make and then that's when I met um Brian Dorton at a horror hound convention and then we talked about the film crazy fat Ethel and then it went from there so but I like I haven't been to horror hound in like a couple years um a lot of them it's been like a minute so like I'm pretty excited at least to go at least two this year the one in Knoxville is probably (laughs) the one that I'm gonna be closest to going to um, Steve Morris, uh, his film, he knows is playing at Indy in Indy. And, uh, that's a fun film. I don't know if, uh, who else got to screen that one. Uh, luckily I've, uh, you know, been given the pleasure and I had a lot of fun with, he knows a lot of fun with it. I've got a question from a uh, feckless baseball. That would be that handsome devil, Steve Feck. I got all kinds of time for him to make content, content creators share your create 24 seven dedication or dilemma. Yeah fact uh has this ever tripped you up when working on a project um i don't think it's ever tripped me up working on a project i think if anything it helps me problem solve if something's happening um especially when i'm doing like my own shorts and stuff like that the films i've done because obviously they're all no budget so doing no budget film you have to get creative and stuff like that so um I think it's definitely helped me like problem solve more than anything versus like tripping up on like, you know, what am I going to do for this? And so I'm like, Oh, I could do this or this or this. So. Now speaking of Brian Dorton, thank you for that question, Steve. You're a scholar and a gentleman and a few other things, but uh, I believe you got started back in 2015 uh, with Brian Dorton, right? Uh, it was 2016, I think. Um, like, literally, I met him at, like, a horror hound, which was in March, the one in Cincinnati. Um, and, like, no clue who he was. He was friends with another friend and came by my booth and bought stuff. And then he was like, oh, you should be in one of my movies. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because, like, I knew about indie film and stuff like that from going to conventions stuff like that. And I always wanted to act. And I auditioned for one or two previously and got turned down. I was like, okay, well, I guess it's not for me. Um, but ended up becoming friends on Facebook or whatever. And then he told me about crazy fat Ethel and then I auditioned and probably within like a month I had the role. So. Yes, you did. And we've got another question from, from Steve. What's your, what subgenre of horror is your favorite to make? Steve, you asked the same question to uh, a guest uh, a couple of episodes back and I cannot remember their answer to save my life. I'm, I'm interested to know the answer here though. Um, that's a tough one. Um, cause I feel like probably in the slasher genre a little bit, that's kind of like, I like the gore a lot. I like the bloodiness. Um, so that's kind of what I definitely lean more into. Um, if from watching my films, it's a little on the extreme side as well. Um, you know, the more lifelike, the better for me. I want people to like squirm in their seats a little bit when they see the gore. Um, so I'd say definitely like the slasher genre or just straight up brutalness. Having screened uh, some of your films over the weekend, I squirmed, squirmed a couple <laughs> of times. 
poor Adam Freeman, man. He just, he's like uh, Justin Long. He just gets it in everything that <laughs> every film. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but I don't think that man's ever kept his penis through a movie. I don't think so. <laughs> At least not in my films. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for something you got coming up as well. Uh, Curse of the Weird Year. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, though. <laughs> but uh, it's a good question, Steve, because I, I think I would do the uh, the home invasion. If mm-hmm. if I had it to do over again, I would want to do. Um, I, I would like for Carol Kane to come back and do another When a Stranger Calls. I, I would love that because she's a goddess, first of all. And then When a Stranger Calls, the first 15, 20 minutes of that film has got to be the most perfect the most perfect 15 to 20 minutes in terms of suspense in a cold open I've ever seen. And you know, one of my favorites is um, the original, the strangers. Like I, when that came out, I was so in love with that film. (laughs) Yeah. It was just so good. Home invasion to to me just changed everything because like it's technically a slasher, but Mm -hmm. it's a, it's almost like a sub genre of slasher. So it's a sub sub genre. And I don't, I get lost sometimes when I'm watching paranormal or supernatural horror. Yeah. And it's because I don't really very much believe those things can happen. When you start tapping into the reality of things like home invasions, especially when you have, you know, little ones, the the nieces and nephews, you're babysitting them at any moment. You hear that phone call and the the phone, the the call is coming from inside the house. Get the hell out, right? You can't get the hell out because you got little kids upstairs. It makes it all too real. And it just feels almost, it almost makes you hold your breath. You know, I would either do a, a home invasion or a shark flick. I like shark flicks. <laughs> I, I don't know. But um, question, working with Brian Dorton. Again, somebody I've got a lot of time for. I like Brian. Uh, but your first ever role, and <laughs> it was as the uh, titular character, Ethel. Crazy yes. fat Ethel. So talk me through this. How do you approach your first role being the lead character? Um, it was a little scary for sure because again, I didn't know any of those people. <laughs> so first off, it's like, all right, I'm going to because I, I I live in Nashville, a Tennessee, and so I'm going to Louisville, Kentucky to meet all these people. I have no idea anything about them to be part of this film. Um but like, just I went and watched the original because it's a remake of Criminally Insane. So I definitely did um, watch that film several times um, to get that actress who played Ethel Priscilla, like her kind of like mannerisms and like how she portrayed the character down. Um, that and like Misery, I watched a lot as well. Mm. Her, <laughs> Kathy Bates character, y- yeah, um, to prepare for that role. So. Um, it was definitely um, a long process because I think it took us over a year to like finally film the movie and be done with it. Cause we did film, we film like every weekend at the time. Um, and literally the first day I go to like the first two times I was supposed to film got canceled because of injuries or like this, that, and the other. And then the third time, literally the lady that was supposed to play my aunt in the film quit. She didn't show up to set. And like, I drove all that way and we're like ready to go. Um, so last minute we found um, Jenny who played, ended up playing the role. And it was like so much better um, just for like the pig guts factor. Happened to use that in the film. Um, so it was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, and like 
working with Brian, <laughs> we just became good friends. And I would just go up there even when not filming just to hang out with everybody. So Brian's a sweetheart. He reached out to me not long ago and uh, we, we, we talked a little bit and I, again, all kinds of time for Brian, nothing but time for Brian. Uh, I hope to get him on um, somewhat soon. Once we, uh, once we change back to the, uh, the guest format, which I'm thinking of jumping to Wednesdays for that, just to maximize the possibilities, but I want to have Brian on um, great guy. Um, but you mentioned misery and I'm thinking to myself like right now, I would make the hell out of a, a misery fan film and I, I would, you'd be my first call. You'd be my first call. <laughs> and and then maybe um, get Ben Johnson to come in and be uh, Paul Sheldon. And, and we would have, we, we would have a lot of fun with that ankle breaking scene. I might have to show you a few times how to swing, you know, <laughs> swing a sledgehammer just to get the practice down. Cause yeah, I know you, you need to know. Practice a little you, bit. You, you don't know how to swing a sledgehammer, Dixie. Okay. I need to show you and I need Ben to know how it's going to feel when it happens. And we'll use a real one, right? Well, you know, for good practice to make sure it looks. Yeah. You know, I can't afford props. I can't afford props. <laughs> I, I've, there's a sledgehammer in my dad's barn. We'll use it. Ben, you're in the time. You're in for the time of your life, buddy. Gosh. Now, listen, Steve Morris question. This is a good question. You usually play a revenge type of character. What, what sort of character do you hope to play one day? You can use a screen queen as an example. Honestly, I prefer to play the revenge character or just like the bad guy, the evil person. Like those are the characters I absolutely love to play. Um, for me, I'm not so much of like a damsel in distress type of person. So like I have done a few of those roles and I do, I feel like struggle a little bit <laughs> doing that. But, um, you know, I'm up for like, any type of role honestly as long as it's like a film and a project that i'm interested in doing so but well, crazy fat ethel starts out that way you're you're in a little bit of distress right yeah. or there's a little bit of distress there and then it just kind of goes the way you want it to go mm -hmm. and uh that, that that's one that i i do suggest for a lot of people because being your first your first role i think and, and not to to I guess blow any smoke up anybody's uh, tailpipe, but that was you outdid yourself in in that role, and I, I think Brian and, and the crew and the cast all did a great job in that film. And um, I, I suggest it to, if you like uh, well, what do you call this extreme horror? If you like extreme horror, revenge horror, I would say for sure revenge horror. Um, definitely like you know. In a sense, too, it's kind of like the, any, like, cult film. Because um, Brian himself is, like, a big um, fan of, like, John Waters and stuff like that, too. And you see that in all of his films and, like, the work he does um, with some of, like, the funny parts and stuff like that. Um, the example would be um, the butthole scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty <laughs> So, like, that's a really good example. The butthole um, scene. <laughs> yeah. Aptly um, named. Yeah. But I, I would say it's a revenge film for sure. Um, and I think it does a good portrayal of like the original and like updating it. Um, because if you haven't seen the original or anybody, you can absolutely watch it. It's like 60 minutes long and it's on YouTube. Um, and I always suggest watching that first before you watch ours so you can kind of see 
like what it's supposed to be because sometimes people have watched crazy fast and i was like you know what the hell is this like i don't understand <laughs> so yeah you know watching the the original of any film helps a ton i just brought up one of stranger calls they, they took that 20 minute cold open of a film and made a whole feature length out of it and that's what you did with crazy fat ethel so uh why not right so listen we've got christian rao here with an excellent question uh donald farmer is a prominent name in indie film and he's done it all did working with him open your eyes to anything new what say you um it was definitely different working with donald um the way he Honestly, working with any director, every film set's different. Um, but the way um, Donald does his film, he's like straight to the point, like we're doing this. Um, so it was definitely, I, didn't, I don't think it opened my eyes up to anything new, but it was definitely a different way to see the whole process and how, you know, his mind works because of all, I mean, all the film he has done. Um, and then seeing how like what he has on script changes and molds into what we get on film so and are there a lot of changes that that happen on the fly like that sometimes um sometimes the dialogue you're like you know what you know what say this instead and then like you spend all this time remembering the dialogue and it's like all right i'm doing this so like on the spot you're saying something new um but he'll definitely like support you in that and like he'll have you um you know run your lines and stuff before you do the scene and make sure like it's gonna flow and stuff like that so well, I mean, he, he wrote and directed uh, Debbie Does Demons, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if, if you wrote it, <laughs> change it, change it at will, I guess. Um, Steve Feck, this question may seem out of left field. He did that on purpose. He says left field. On, he did that on purpose. He wants to throw in baseball puns to be cute. Okay. You're not cute, Steve. He's kind of cute. He, he's a cute guy. But would you be flattered or insulted of a film project you loved was selected to be satired by Mystery Science Three Theater 3000. Let me think about that myself. I mean, I would say flattered, although if it was they were saying something about me in particular, you know, I might be like, oh, damn. Um, <laughs> I, with Crazy Fat Ethel, there's like a ton of different reviews you can watch. And I think I stumbled upon one like, um, like probably like a couple weeks ago and like these people were just hating on the film like they watched it for free online somewhere and uh, they ripped it apart I think at the end of it the guy was like you know and Dixie she fucking sucked basically is what he said and the, his wife because it was like a, a couple doing this like review of it she's like no no it was how the script was written give her credit <laughs> I'm just like fuck my life like, <laughs> oh so so they basically ha had a little uh uh, pro and con going or uh, I, mm -hmm. I guess maybe a little uh, oh, oh, I, I can dig that um actually uh some very good friends of mine uh over at mad wolf uh george wolfington and uh uh oh my god i'm, I'm stumbling on the names here um mad wolf I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put their link in the the bio to this episode they're great but um they did obstacle corpse they also do mm -hmm. uh, film reviews, and I, I love those guys. Hopefully, it wasn't them. No, but... it wasn't. It wasn't them. Um, like they, they literally like watch the entire film, and as they're watching it, I think it's as they watch it, they give like critiques on like all this different stuff that's happening, and like, and what was funny is they watched our film because of the title, and like the very opening. It's not the opening scene, but when it gets to the sex and rape scene, like 
the wife wanted to turn it off. Um, but sure. they kept watching it. And then once they watched it, they realized that it was a remake. And so then they watched the original and ripped that one apart too. Well, that is a touchy subject for a lot of people and, you know, for good reason. But at the same time, um, you, you're, you're the artist here and you have stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And if, if if you're, you know, handcuffing the artist, you're doing an injustice. You don't have to watch it. There's a reason we have, you know, the parent's guide on IMDb or, you know, a film ratings and why it's rated in such a way. You can do your homework before seeing a film. And if you've got trigger warnings or if you have triggers, find the warnings and, and take care of yourself. But <laughs> that was part of the issue. So apparently I think they said this was rated like PG 13 or something like that. Like our version, like that they saw. And then they watched some other movie that was like rated R and they're like, how does that even like comprehend this? <laughs> Our film, so fair, fair, fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, you followed up that film with um, with, with Piggy, and you you wrote and directed Piggy three years after you start as Ethel. Like mm-hmm. three years feels like a metamorphosis period. Was it? Yeah. So um, the next role I did after Crazy Fat Ethel was actually for um, Kill Dolly Kill which is the sequel to um, Dolly Deli. Um, but that film it was in a long process and it finally got released. It had its premiere this year. Um, but from there, um, you know, eventually I was just kicking around the idea, you know what, I want to do this little short film that like, I just have this idea in my head. And a lot of times that's what happens with the shorts I create. I just, I picture it in my head first. I don't necessarily always have the script. I'm not a great script script writer at all. Like I hate words. Um, I like pictures and visuals. <laughs> sure. So I'll picture the stuff in my head and then piece it all together that way. Um, but it was definitely a story I wanted to tell because I feel like a lot of times there's not a lot of films regarding plus size people or fat people, whatever terms you want to use for it. Um, and so I was like, all right, I want to do this. And what's funny is, is that there is the other film piggy the spanish film yes and very big fan of it. A short it is so good um but it was a short at the time and we both released our shorts on like the circuit like the film festival circuit but their title was in spanish so like you didn't even realize it and so literally these two films were like going around and the film festivals and stuff like that at the same time and then eventually um they went on to make it a feature film but yeah. yeah, so if you're looking for that, the name of that film is Cerdita. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was um, yeah definitely a good film. Laura Galvan is the uh, actress from that film, and she's fantastic. Uh, she ba- They basically recreated the, 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 well, it's what they did with When a Stranger Calls. I don't want to keep bringing up When a Stranger Calls, but that's what they did. They had a, a short film and made the uh made the short film into a feature length by reshooting the short film. Mm-hmm. And with, with a few different actors, a few, a few of the same actors. Um, I actually preferred the bad guy in the original short film. See, than... I didn't get to see the short, but like I did watch the feature and I was just like, man, fuck those bitches, stay with the killer. <laughs> like that's literally what was going on in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong though. Um, 
that brings me to this question because you you talk about you know writing but what's your favorite job to do on cruise such as writing directing etc i would honestly say um like art department like set design like i love that but acting is essentially creating a character like i love to play dress up <laughs> so playing in makeup and creating these characters and wigs and stuff is like my absolute favorite thing but followed up would be like creating the art or set designs and all that good stuff because it's just being creative which is essentially what i love to do so before coming on i checked out one of your uh your, your short films called human toilet <laughs> and um is um you know <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to put the vocabulary together right now to a not spoil it but also give more props to adam freeman for the pure abuse that this man takes uh that he volunteers for because you said that he was not originally set to play this role right he walked yes. in when somebody backed out yeah so literally the day before we're supposed to film um the the male that I had got COVID. So he had a fever and stuff. So I was like, Adam, so Adam literally came to the rescue and jumped right in. Um, Cause like I already had a hotel room booked for the other guy and stuff. So I was like, Adam, I got a place for you to stay. If you can, you know, fill in this role. And he absolutely jumped in to help me. And I think um, it turned out fantastic. Like Adam can scream um, if you need somebody <laughs> to scream. So. <laughs> yeah he can scream um <laughs> listen i both laugh and you can and spoil cringed. it if you want to like it's absolutely okay to spoil it so i'm like that's totally fine there's a part that i'm gonna have to spoil okay <laughs> but I, I laughed and i cringed at this film um and the laughing started when your lead character uh cracked adam over the head with his liquor bottle <laughs> the way he fell just almost felt like pro wrestling style like there's the hit and, and he falls and I, I start cackling because i just just knowing adam you know and it's always so fun um to hear him i know in like another film he's talking about a girl with like huge boobs and a fat ass and he's like i i've done her so many times and i'm just sitting there thinking like you're going <laughs> home to steve mcgill okay you know you, you two handsome devils can church it up on screen all you want to but hearing you talk like that is just so funny to me and and then you, you watch adam and you see the, the heart that he puts into every project and like he's heartbroken if he doesn't think it's done well but he never gives up and he never gives up on you you know he never gives up on on his teammates and gosh man i've working with adam must be a delight um but nonetheless he, as much of a delight as he is um he gets his he gets his penis cut off with some scissors and i thought man that could not have happened to a better guy <laughs> so, tell me about making human toilet and the motivation behind the film so uh the story the storyline and story idea actually came from fritz my boyfriend who also is part of headless cat productions with me um jesse sites was putting together an all female um 
extreme horror anthology film. And I had just asked her, I was asking her a question and then somehow I was like, okay, sweet, great. You're going to direct a segment is kind of how like it rolled into. I was like, what? Oh, okay, sweet. Cool. I'm doing this. Um, and so again, I hadn't really done too much extreme stuff or anything like that. Um, so I definitely did a lot of like watching films, like, um, Lucifer Valentine films and stuff like that. Um, doing research, kind of figure out what I want to do. And, um, Fritz came up with a story and I was like, okay, we're doing it. So, um, so essentially, you know, and the easiest thing too is like a lot of times it's always like, oh, we're going to go, you know, the female is going to go after the male and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, a lot of times female can be brutal to another female as well, just because of like stuff they do in life. Um, so I definitely wanted to show both sides of that, um, with Sarah Ramsey's character, um, like the victim and stuff, what Athena's character does. Well, and then, you know, um, if, 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 if you thought that, you know, you have it bad in, in that film, Secrets of the Witch doesn't get any better. <laughs> I, 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 I'll just say that, like, there's a common theme mm -hmm. amongst these films. And there's, you know, a lot of girl power, um, a, a lot of extreme mutilation. And, I mean, I wanted more short films before the weekend was over. And I just <laughs> ran out of them. I just ran out of them. And the, the reason that we know each other today is because of a film called Curse of the Weird Deer. And mm -hmm. Curse of the Weird Deer. Let me, let me just go back uh, to anybody who might be hearing the story for the first time. And, you know, slasher sports for, you know, since the beginning, we've always covered baseball. Baseball is, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest loves that, you know, between myself and my partner, Christian Rao. And, you know, there, there for a time, I was like, you know what? I also want to, you know, put the slasher into the slasher sports. And, brought in a podcast called slashers and screamers that I did with some, some good friends of mine where we would just basically tongue in cheek review some of our favorite films. Well, along the way, you know, we had, we got our website up and running and we were just doing articles. And I said, man, there's a guy in my hometown who's making a horror film and I really want to just put him over. And I had not spoken to Ben Johnson since probably 1999 1998 oh wow because he grad yeah he graduated from the same high school as i did two years i believe before me and i graduated in 2000 i think he graduated in 98 i could be wrong about that um could have been 99 but i think it was 98 and i hadn't really ever spoke we were just in two different circles you know uh, i was i, I was kind of with the athletes he was with uh, you know the artistic musical crowd and when I heard, though, that he was making this film and looking for a place to shoot and all that, I said, man, I might not know him, but he's from my little my little one horse town. And <laughs> his mom was my geometry teacher. You just know everybody. My graduating class was about one hundred and ten people or fewer. So his was probably similar. We all kind of know each other. I might not have known him, but I knew him. Yeah. So I said, no, nah, man, I'm going to put him 
I'm going to put his information into an article and I just see what it does. I'm going to reach out to him and see if, you know, he'd be okay with me stealing some of his graphics. And, and when I watch the trailer, the, like one of the first faces that I see is it's a monster. <laughs> it's, it's something like that. What, what's the line? It's not, it's oh gosh. <laughs> it was a monster. I, I don't I remember exactly, um, but it's you. It's you and your fortune teller. <laughs> there you, yeah, there you go. There you go. In these, yeah, there you go. So you're, you're the, uh, the, the fortune teller and all of her regalia and you pop up a few times in the film. And I, I can't wait for people to get a, to get a good look at the final edit of this film. You, It's almost like you pop up like, um, is it Keenan Ivory Wayans who keeps showing up and don't be a menace to South Central? while drinking your juice in the hood keep showing up with message i think it's him <laughs> but then you just keep popping up at random times at, at, at this place and it is it's always just a, a delightful view he, ben's allowed me to watch a, a couple of different versions of this film and every time i'm just more and more happy with it and i hope it blows up but it's because of that article that i was able to to meet you reconnect with ben um there's ben Schatzel, uh, there's, uh, J there's Jasmine Hanks, uh, Jessa Flux, Adam Freeman, um, mm -hmm. Joe Duff, uh, who am I leaving out? I'm, I'm leaving out a lot of people, but th this is just a really fun crew. Uh, well, we can't forget about the lead guy, right? Um, Derek Woodrow Johnson himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just like so many of these guys that have just been an absolute delight to talk to. And, you know, because of that film, I don't know if this podcast would have taken off as well as it has without reaching out about that film, because it was kind of the, the spark, you know, mm -hmm. it, yeah. it was kind of the spark. So, I mean, I, I guess I want to know about your, your experience working on Curse of the Weirdeer. Um, It was absolutely a blast. Um, So originally there was just, where deer it was just a, a little trailer that we did originally um prior to actually doing the actual feature film um and i met ben he followed me on like instagram or something like that and somehow we connected um because he talked about wanting to do something locally or whatever and then just stay in touch and then he asked me to play fortune teller in that first um just trailer of the film that they were doing um which was essentially a no budget film trailer and I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I threw together a gypsy outfit. Um, again, not knowing anybody in this situation, I just put myself out there. Um, and everybody was fantastic and so wonderful. Um, and I definitely fell in love with that cast and crew on, from that initial um, set. And then so when he was like, yeah, we're going to do it into a feature film, I was like, I'm down. Like, yes. And so I, I upgraded the fortune teller outfit <laughs> for the film. Um, and it was just a blast. And I even got to do a little bit of, um, like artwork and set design, helping with that on the set too. So that was a lot of fun because sometimes that you don't get that opportunity. Um, cause I'm definitely a lot of films I've been part of is definitely like hands-on. Like you're not just acting, you're doing other stuff behind the scenes too. Um, that was definitely sure. how crazy that Ethel was and like how I thought, well, oh, this is filmmaking. Like we're, we're the crew and the cast. Um, and so it's definitely like 
crazy to see how different sets are. Um, but working with everybody was freaking fantastic. Um, Derek is freaking phenomenal at any role you give him. Like he's just simply amazing and will play that character um, to the full end. Um, so it's definitely great being able to act, you know, alongside him. Um, and that film, and I actually, I think that's where, um, from working with him with that, I was like, hey, when we did Deli Diddlings and doing that little TV segment, I was like, I need you for this character. So, um, well, speaking of Deadly Dealings, uh, again, um, Adam Freeman directed, uh, Ron- Ronnie Jonah, uh, Jessa Flux, uh, Steve McGill, uh, a talented kid named Connor McCarthy, uh, mm-hmm. again, Brian Dorton brought him brought him up a couple of times um, i had recently done a review of deadly dealings and uh freeman allowed me to screen it again honored i'm always honored when somebody somebody allows me to, to view a film that's not released to the public yet um, but a lot of the same troop of actors and crew members i mean i feel like working under under the direction of adam freeman has to be a unique experience um, he definitely takes, he wants your input and stuff whenever, whatever scene and stuff you're doing. Like he definitely um, likes to work alongside people. It's not just like, all right, here's this role. Here you go. You know, he definitely wants your input um, and to talk through the characters and like um, what he wants you to look like and like the atmosphere and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of like the process that he does um, when working with it. So like literally you're, almost alongside him the entire step of the way. Kyle P, my man, says you've worked with so many great people. Is there anyone else you want to work with? Yes, lots of people. <laughs> Kyle, I won't work with you. I haven't worked with you yet. So I'll Yeah, Kyle. I haven't worked with Steve Morris yet either. Um there's like a, a whole handful of people. Um but I just absolutely love you know, doing the work. And for me, it's just honestly, like, you know, money and stuff like that's never a factor. I just want to create the best character that I can and portray it and hopefully get super bloody or make somebody super bloody. Like that's my goal. (laughs) So Dixie, you've been in lead roles, supporting roles. You're a talented character actor. Uh, You've now directed and written for screen. What's next for you? Um, honestly, um, due to like the day job, I can't do as much as I would like to, um, you know, gotta pay those bills, unfortunately, but I definitely still, I want next for me. And like, I keep going back and forth because originally I wanted to take piggy into a feature film. And then when I saw that the other piggy did that, I was like, well, there goes that. (laughs) So um, not saying it would be we, well, we can add no we can add something to the title um <laughs> yeah we can we can make a derivative of that title something with good search engine optimization you know the, <laughs> maybe the, the 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 plight of piggy i, I, I get too crazy with the alliteration <laughs> sometimes I, I need to stop we're not gonna do that so, don't, don't let me title this like, film um and then like there's another idea i played around like a script i wanted to write and partner with a friend to write it um but I think for that one, it would probably be like too much for me to do as a first feature. But I do want to do, um, you know, direct my first feature film. Um, and I'm honestly kind of playing with the idea of Secrets of the Witch and turning that into a feature. Because um, 
the idea for that film came from an actual article, um, a Vice article, that like I came across as like, is this true? Like, did witches really do that? And then I, I Googled it and they certainly did. Uh, so um, I was like, I got to do this. Like that, and literally that film, there wasn't really a script either. Like there was just like, okay, I want this to happen. There wasn't really like, oh, you're going to say this line or this line. Well, I was like, hey, this is just what I want it to look like. We're going to do this, this, and this is how it's going to end. And Lily was So they really like, did that? Mm-hmm. They yeah. did the thing in the film? Well, that's what they were accused of. So the Malice, the Malice Malficarum, I think that's how you say it. I can't remember the title of the book. The guy was like a witch hunter and like, um, you know, was accusing women of being witches or whatever. So he wrote this book on how to um, basically determine if someone's a witch and what they do. And essentially, um, you know, they claimed that, you know, the witches would take, you know, hide the men's manhood or take their penises and turn them into pets and so so <laughs> well the, the the method of removal was uncomfortable for me i mean i would have thought witches back then would have like used a little bitty guillotine or something you know just yeah, maybe then, <laughs> i don't know it seems like a cleaner there's um artwork so that also depicts um like it's a bunch of trees it's called the i think it's and again, I'm not saying if it's how you say it correctly, the phallus tree. Um, but basically, it's tree, uh, trees and bushes, like with all these penises tied to it. And essentially, you know, if a man came and, you know, needed a penis, and wanted out, if he picked out the bigger one or anything like that, he would be cursed even more and like all this stuff. So it's, it's really interesting to like read through. Gosh, yeah. What if the Bible <laughs> told you not to eat from that tree, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just think about that knowledge you'd have gotten. Listen, I know all about that tree, though the the, the phallic tree, the phallus tree. I mean, they had it on uh, on on Pee Wee Herman's movie, Big Top Pee Wee. Remember the the hot dog tree that he had? It's, it's a hot dog tree because it's a hot dog tree. But listen, <laughs> Dixie, Dixie, we're getting crazy here. Um, any any links that we're gonna that, that we've talked about that can be shared, they're gonna be in the episode bio the episode description to this episode. So listen, you're going to find them there. Click them, look at them, watch them, love them. Now, before we slide into the gag reels, Dixie, you want to tell everybody where they can find your work or you on your socials. Um, headlesscatproductions.com or headlesscatpro on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then for me personally, um, DI666, IE on Instagram. And that's it. That's satanic. That is satanic. Okay. And in, in case you didn't catch it, because we did have a little bit of garbled audio there for a second, that is Headless Cat Productions. Okay. My favorite kind of cat. But that is going to do it for this episode of Slasher Sports Cinema. I do want to thank you all for showing up, showing out, especially the fantastic commenters and question askers. Kyle P, Steve Feck, Steve Morris, Christian Rao. Who else we got in here? I think that's it. Man, you guys have been fantastic. Dixie, you've been amazing. Thank you very much for your time uh, now and in the future because I am going to ask you to come back. You know I'm going to ask you to come back. <laughs> there, there, there is, this is not a one-stop thing. But 
please make sure to check out our other shows in the Slasher Sports family, Suki's Honeydew Project, Slasher U, the OK Baseball Podcast, and then come back next week to Slasher Sports Cinema. We're going to be doing some different things going forward. You just never know what you're going to see. So for Dixie Gers, I am Billy Graves. I wish you all to be victorious in all that you do, and may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children. (laughs) 